today, Yumei Chabad, for the 24th day of Tishrei, uh, which is the day after Sukkot. It's called Isru Chag. And today we're going to talk about the year Tov Kuf Samach Aleph, which takes us back 203 years ago. Okay? Now, uh, it's right, it was by Sukkot, and it was the day after Sukkot. It's like, unfortunate day, looks like that the Rebbe was arrested the second time we discussed before uh, the first time that he was imprisoned. Now the first time he was imprisoned was two years earlier. He was also, they came during Sukkot to arrest him, but then eventually they waited till after Sukkot to Isru Chag, the day after Sukkot, before they actually took him to, uh, to, to jail. No, at that time, where is this? This is in Russia, yes. So before they actually took him, before they actually took him, they, uh, they, they waited, they didn't disrupt the holidays. Now, the first time around, the main complaint was against the Alter Rebbe that he was sending big funds to Israel. Now, Israel was under the Turkish government at the time, and it was a, uh, a rival, it was a, uh, they had a conflict with the Tsar, with the Russian government. And because of that, they slandered the Alter Rebbe that he's sending money to a foreign government and they arrested him and luckily, Baruch Hashem, he was freed. Uh, on Yutas Kislev, you know, Chabad makes a very big celebration. That's the first time, but the second time, uh, the Mitnagdim, uh, these opponents of the Hasidim, they did not relent. They continued to try to uh, cause the Alter Rebbe and Hasidis uh, trouble and they couldn't stop them by uh, stopping the masses because the Jewish community were following, began to follow the Hasidim and the Alter Rebbe. So they couldn't stop them that way. So they figured they're going to stop them by uh, going to the government. Now, they continued, what? Jews. Religious Jews, not Jews. Right, Mitnagdim. They were opponents to the, to the Hasidim. And they, you know, in the beginning, you say terrible, in the beginning, there perhaps was some legitimacy because they didn't know what it was because they thought that maybe the Hasidim is some sort of a group like the Jewish people has been plagued in history many times there were different groups there were there were messianic groups there was groups that that took away the Jews from their religion to convert them so but this was already after the Hasidim were proven yes the Hasidim were proven to sort of be more pious and following the Torah as much and more than the opponents, than the Misnagda. But yet, there were some that never stopped and they continued to fight against the Hasidim. And the way they did it is they went and they went to the government and they slandered the Alter Rebbe. But in this particular time, the second time, which was two years later uh, in Tovkuf Samach Aleph, uh, they didn't personally slandered the Alter Rebbe that he was a counter 
revolutionary, that he is rebelling against the government, but rather their argument was against the whole entire teaching of Hasidus, and they said that the Hasidic, Hasidus philosophy opposes the government. They took some passages from Hasidus, which it talks about in the Kabbalah, about the level of the Sviris HaMalchus, and they sort of twisted it that it should look like Hasidus is against the, uh, the government. Now, it was accepted, unfortunately, the slander. And on the second day of Chalamoyed Sukkot, and it's interesting, the same as the first time, it was during Chalamoyed Sukkot, and this was on the 18th day of Tishrei, which would correspond to... Uh, yeah. So, there was an order received from the government that on the 24th day of Tishrei, which is the day after Yantav and Isru Chag, they should bring the Alter Rebbe to Petersburg. Now, this was different. It wasn't as harsh as the first time when he was arrested, in which the Rebbe, Alter Rebbe, was taken in a black carriage, and they had uh, soldiers that had their uh, uh, swords uh, out uh, in order to uh, escort the Rebbe, but they took the Rebbe that time as a top criminal or somebody who was very dangerous in the way they treated him. But in the second time, they actually allowed him to go in a comfortable wagon and they actually sent along two people to escort to go along with him. Does that mean they were accepting or respecting? Uh, somewhat a lot better than it was the first time. The also, the actual imprisonment was in a easier and a less uh, a, a serious place. It was in the building known as the Tiny Soviet, which is unlike he was held in the first time in the fortress of Petropavlisky, which was a much more uh, serious and much more difficult place uh, to be in. For two months, starting from the 28th day of Tishrei, when I guess when he came to Petersburg, until the 27th day of Kislev. Last time he was freed on the 19th day of Kislev. This time it went till the 27th day of Kislev, which is already the third, the, uh, third day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah begins on the 25th. Until the 27th day of Kislev, there were more than 20 uh, groups of uh, intellectuals of various different uh, people from various different sciences and uh, they were interested and they investigated the religious uh, teachings and the Torah, the Kabbalah, the history, the Jewish history. And the Alter Rebbe would respond and lecture, uh, explain to them the entire uh, uh, teachings of uh, of all of our Jewish tradition, sometimes the Rebbe would speak in Russian, and sometimes he would speak in Hebrew, in Russian Kurdish. And his son, Rabbi Moshe... Were interested these 20 groups? Were they all Jews? No, no, no. These were from the government, the Russian government. This was in prison? In prison, while he was in prison, yes. They were investigating him. His son, Rabbi Moshe, would translate, when he would speak in Hebrew, he would translate for the Rebbe into Russian. 
after two months of investigation and checking out the uh, people of the government were convinced that the teaching of Hasidus is no contradiction to the government of the Russian government and that the Alter Rebbe is a tremendous leader and uh, uh, and most of the Jewish people are actually following the groups of the Hasidim and their leaders and the influence of the Alter Rebbe grew over all of, of the Hasidim, yeah? It was almost like a house arrest type of thing where he was. Yeah. Because he could lecture all these people and move around. He wasn't confined to a cell. There's a lot of stories told, yes, you're right. But they, they used to keep him and they used to bring him back and forth. There's a lot, a lot of beautiful stories. It's not the place now yeah, to no, go okay. through. Yeah. But there's a lot of beautiful stories that took place during those investigations in which they, everybody was convinced and saw that the Rebbe was a very holy and the Rebbe that was a very special person, so that even the Goyim, even the non-Jews, began to respect the Alter Rebbe. In one of the letters that the Rebbe sent when he went out of prison, he actually emphasized the fact that even the people of the government, they too were convinced, so it wasn't just like the Jewish people, but even the non-Jews realized, and they came to the recognition that, you know, that Hasidus teaching and Torah, all these things are okay. On the 27th day of Kislev, the Alter Rebbe was freed from imprisonment. And, like I said, there is many stories. One of the stories that is told about the Alter Rebbe being imprisoned, amongst many others, is that the, uh, one of the investigators asked the Rebbe if he can ask him a question on the Bible. Uh, and the Rebbe asked him, uh, are you a believer in God? Do you believe in God? He said, yes, he believes in God. And he asked the Rebbe, because it's written in the beginning of the Bible, it's written that when, after uh, Cain killed his brother Abel, it says that God says to Cain, he says, where is your, where is your brother Abel, he says. And uh, he asked him the question, why did God have to ask him where Abel was? Doesn't God know everything? What does he have to ask him? Abel had died. Yeah, but why is that God asking Cain, where is Abel? Doesn't God know where everything is? Why would he have to ask him? So he said, well, you know, Rashi comments over there that this was just an opening of God starting the conversations, not to sort of uh, scare him and catch him off guard. You say, where's your, why'd you kill your brother? So this was just sort of an opening statement from Hashem. But the, uh, uh, the one who uh, was asking the Rebbe the question says, I know Rashi's commentary, but I want to hear what the Rebbe has to say. I want to hear your interpretation. And the Rebbe says, look, that a person has years that God has gifted him to live in this world. And a person is supposed to live his life in such a way that he's supposed to accomplish and he's supposed to utilize this gift, the gift of time, the gift of his life to be a positive influence to go ahead and do good things during his lifetime. And every so often, God turns to the person, he says to him, Ah, yeah, where are you? When God is saying, where are you, means where I said, where are you standing? Are you doing? So it's not a physical question, where are you in physical space but God is asking, where are you are you doing, 
what you were supposed to. And so on and so forth. There were many stories in which the Alter Rebbe was able miraculously to have the boat stop on his own because it was actually on an island over there, the, uh, the imprisonment, and then they would ferry him back to the mainland and they would, uh, uh, the Rebbe wanted to uh, make the blessing for the moon and he didn't want to do it while the boat was moving and it refused to stop. And the Rebbe sort of spiritually made the boat stop until they saw that they're dealing here not with an ordinary person but with a holy tzaddik and they circumvented. Another thing that happened on the 24th day of Tishrei was in Tafresh Peiches on the day after Sukkot. Another thing, this goes back in 1927, in the end of 1927, in the Sukkot in Tafresh after Sukkot, is that day the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe left Russia and he settled in the city of Riga, which was in Latvia. The previous rabbi to the rabbi we were just talking about? Yeah, no. Previous rabbi before the Rebbe, our Rebbe, uh, his father-in-law, the Rebbe Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak. Yeah. As we know, the Alter Rebbe was freed from his imprisonment also on the 27th day of Tammuz uh, in 1927. And he went home, he came back to his home to Leningrad, uh, at that time, uh, at that time, it was a very, very difficult time for the Rebbe. The Rebbe miraculously, miraculously, his life was saved and then eventually they were able, under a tremendous amount of pressure, with God's help of course, but a tremendous, tremendous amount of influence and pressure. And we know that the Russians don't usually bow much to pressure, but it was miraculous that they did agree to free the Rebbe. But it was quite clear that the Yevsekti, that was the Jewish group of the uh, communists, they called the Yevsekti, uh, they will not rest. And it was a danger that in every instance, they're going to, every minute, they're going to rest them a second time. It's not, they're not going to just sit by. There was only one path, and that is to leave Russia. There's no other choice, the only way to leave Russia. After tremendous type of very uh, detailed efforts on all levels, uh, in which the great Chassid, his name was Remordchai Dubin, he was a member of the Latvian parliament. And he used his tremendous, he was a Chassid, he used his tremendous influence uh, into the Russian government. They decided to allow just the Rebbe himself to leave, leave to uh, go to Riga. But the family members, they would not give them any exit visas. They did not allow them to leave. They wanted to keep them as hostages so that the Rebbe shall not there conduct anti-Soviet propaganda while he's outside of Russia. But that alone, for them to allow the Rebbe to leave was a tremendous victory. But the Rebbe refused to go out without his family. And Reb Mordechai Dubin continued his effort by the government, uh, the Russian government, until he got permission for the entire family of the Rebbe. However, the Rebbe's library they did not allow to take along. But here too, the Rebbe said that without his library, he is not leaving. And once again, 
the Remort Chaidubin from the Chosid, uh, from the Latvian parliament, after many efforts and lots of uh, people uh, maneuvering, they allowed the Rebbe to go out with his family and with his library. Matter of fact, the Rebbe himself, who wasn't yet a member of the previous Rebbe's family, he was only engaged to be engaged to the Rebbe's daughter, to the Rebbe's middle daughter, to Rebbe Chaya Mushka. When they gave a list of the Rebbe, so they asked the Rebbe, who is he? So he said, well, he's going to be the son-in-law. So they said to him, a son-in-law, you'll find a son-in-law over there. You don't have to bring a son-in-law from Russia. And the previous Rebbe said, a son-in-law like this, I won't find anywhere. <laughs> like the Rebbe. So the Rebbe went out with him also. On Simchas Torah, in Tafresh Peiches, that was in the end of 1927, during the gathering, the Rebbe had this official goodbye with hundreds and hundreds of Hasidim who all came to say goodbye to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe spoke at that gathering. And the Rebbe says, I want to tell you, please, don't believe what people will tell you why I'm leaving the country. Because people were saying that you're not allowed to study, the Rebbe did something wrong, the Rebbe is afraid, he's leaving the country. There are uh, reasons that everybody thinks are saying they are not logical and they are not true. The Rebbe says, I am not leaving here because I'm forced to leave. In other words, nobody is forcing me to leave. But there is an order destined by Hashem. I want you to know that this that the people say, that the Russian uh, laws prohibit study, it's a totally falsehood. There is no such a law that prohibits the study of Torah. Every person has a right to give and educate, to have their children study in a cheder, to study Torah, and to get a teacher for their child. I will always be, Rebbe says, with you. You need to know that me, and Rebbe is referring to himself, this image, he says, Rebbe says to him, this is like, he says, I'm like a soul in heaven, just happened to be in a body here. I do not see the physicality, Rebbe said, all what I see is, is the good. And on the day after Sukkot and 19, the end of 27, the uh, previous Rebbe left Russia and his entire family, together with six Hasidim, all the furnishings of the home, all of the uh, uh, library, they filled four wagons. A large gathering gathered at the train station to say goodbye to the Rebbe. When he was in the train, the Rebbe wrote a very emotional letter to the Hasidim that are in Russia. Amongst the other things, the Rebbe writes, it is my great hope that gives me the strength and gives me the comfort that the distance of space will not separate, God forbid, God forbid, amongst us. And in the light and the merit 
of the beautiful candelabra, which are the fathers, the patriarchs of the world, the foundation of the land, uh, uh, I will merit to see that every one and one from our Hasidim and their family members to place their hearts, their minds and their hearts to strengthen themselves in our connection. And the Rebbe, when he came to Riga, they asked him, how is he feeling about everything that has just passed over what transpired? The Rebbe answered, if anyone will offer me to sell for a mil, uh, a milliard uh, one second of pain uh, that I should know one would offer to give me a milliard to be in pain even for one second what I've gone through I wouldn't buy it I wouldn't take it for a million a million dollars is not worth it however if one is going to uh, offer to purchase for me for a milliard one of my past pain he says I'm not going to sell I'm not, I'm not going to sell it. The Rebbe actually uh, was all of his uh, time when he was out of Russia was fighting vehemently and strongly to try to help the people, the Hasidim back in Russia. He tried to help them get out of Russia. It was a, uh, a, a, a phenomenal task that he undertook. And, you know, in, uh, in the natural course of events, it was the fact that the Rebbe led the way and he came out of Russia that allowed eventually for all the other Hasidim to go also and exit Russia. 1979 was one of the first big exits. I'm talking about before that. Mm. Before. This is what I'm talking about in 1946 actually, in 1947, in which many, many Hasidim of Chabad Hasidim, which was the basis, like my own parents went out at that time, uh, that formed the basis of the Chabad movement. That's, and then later on, it was uh, when the Glasnost started and they let, started letting, that was much later. But I'm talking about in the beginning, that helped create the first group of uh, Hasidim and the people outside of Russia. Uh, but it was the Rebbe leading the way and coming out that later on allowed for the people to go ahead and, and, and leave Russia. But the Rebbe never ever, the Rebbe would always do whatever he can he never for one second forgot or uh, didn't do his utmost to try to help the uh, people left back in Russia but there was just simply nothing that the Rebbe can do in Russia any further to help them or avoid uh, being arrested or doing things that would cause harm uh, further harm to the Hasidists in Yiddishkeit and the Rebbe chose that, that, that path one more thing, yeah? You were talking about uh, the group of, I think there were communist Jews in Russia that would do anything to try to get you have sex to get. Right. So that was an impetus why he was leaving. They to forced him. him. The, yeah. the Goyim, the non-Jews, didn't really understand the Jewish religion and they couldn't, so they weren't so intimately knowledgeable so that they could not cause that much trouble as the Jewish group, which had... Uh, were familiar and they knew exactly what was going on and they were able to cause unfortunately trouble. Yeah. One more thing that happened on the 24th day of Tishrei, it looks like that, uh, it, that the uh, 
Rebetzin uh, Rachel Yanovsky, uh, the wife of Mayor Shloyma Yanovsky, that was the grandfather of the Rebbe. And unfortunately, uh, she was also killed. Uh, Al Kiddush Hashem, she was killed, and that's why they're not even sure 100% uh, during what her um, date is, but it looks like in the Holocaust. It looks like on the 24th day of Tishrei and the year. Actually, it's known the date, basically. They don't know the exact year when it took place. They don't know the year, uh, the record of the year, apparently. Uh, wait, it brings down over here uh, the rabbits in Rachel. She was the mother of the rabbits in Chana, the mother of the Rebbe. And uh, she was a daughter of the great Chassid, now known as Reb Yitzchok Pushnitz, who was the uh, rabbi of the city of Dubrinka. Uh, when she came of age, she got married to the great genius, the rabbi Reb Meir Shlemyanovsky, who eventually became the rabbi of the city of Nikolaev. During uh, the uh, connection to her older age uh, uh, of the rabbits and the Rebbe writes um, uh, in, in that towards the end of the summer months, uh, the Rebbe would spend, his mother would take him to her mother in the city of Nikolai. Her father was the rabbi. Her husband, Rebbe Tzachana's husband, was the rabbi in Yekaterinoslav. So her, her, but her mother would take the Rebbe, her son, and she says uh, she would take care of him. And the Rebbe would say Kaddish on this day, on the 24th day, on Isru Chag of, uh, of uh, uh, Sukkot, on the 24th day of the month of Tishrei, one of the days the Rebbe would say Kaddish, that was for his grandmother. So we'll do Yemei Chabad for Chav Dalet Tishrei, the 24th day of Tishrei, which is Isru Chag, that's the day after the holiday of Sukkot, and this is in the year Tov Kuf Nun Tes. Uh, this goes back 215 years ago, okay? Um, in that day is the day that the Alter Rebbe, the first Rebbe, was taken to his imprisonment. He was imprisoned in Petersburg. He was taken on the day after Sukkot. And um, so this marks the uh, the day that he was taken to imprison, into into his imprisonment. Um, one of the things that the Alter Rebbe was much involved and he instructed and he trained his Hasidim that each one needs to participate to support the families of the Hasidim that went up to Israel earlier and they occupied themselves over there with the study of Torah, the service of Hashem and the Alter Rebbe founded a special fund which is called the Kolel Chabad, the Kolel for Chabad, which was the agency through which contributions were taken in from all the Hasidim, and then they were distributed to the people, to the uh, Hasidim that lived in Israel. 
But there were some terrible people from the opponents, from those who opposed the uh, Hasidis and the Hasidim. They're known as the Mitnagdim. But from them, there were some people that were interested to renew and once again flare up the old uh, uh, disagreement that took place and they took this fund that the Alter Rebbe has established and they went and they slandered to the central government to the federal government in Petersburg that the Alter Rebbe is a counter-revolutionary he's going against the government and that he's sending lots of money a tremendous amount of money uh, to a strange country which was to Israel that he's sending the money there unfortunately that slander was successful and during Cholamoyed Sukkot and the intermediate day of Sukkot to the city of Liozhne, where was the place where the Alta Rebbe lived, the uh, officer of the army, the chief of staff, came accompanied by a group of armed police officers, and they wanted to arrest and to take the Alta Rebbe to Petersburg. And the Alta Rebbe didn't want to immediately go. He wanted to delay it just a drop, a little bit. So sometimes there is a verse that states, You have to sometimes delay a little bit, wait a little bit, until the anger passes, which means even if Hashem is sort of upset with you, wants to do something, negative, so you, if you delay it a little bit, the anger will pass. So the Alter Rebbe didn't want to submit himself immediately to these officers that came to arrest him. And uh, he also wanted to sort of think it through. What should be his, uh, his next move? Should he go or not? Should he hide? What should he do? So he had exited a back door from his home and the army officer seeing the uh, mood of there was a festival did not wish to disrupt the holiday. He left behind some of his people and he left the city and the Alter Rebbe had made the decision that if they're going to come again to arrest him, he's going to accept it, that it's going to be for the good and during Shemini Atzeres Asim Chastorah those are the second days after Sukkot, the holiday of Shemini Atzeres the Hasidim were very very bitter, they were very worried but on the day after Yontif, in the morning, Isra Chag, which was the 24th day of Tishrei, the Alter Rebbe 
came out with a public letter to all the Chabad Hasidim, to all the followers of Chabad. And the Alter Rebbe warns all of his Hasidim, all of his followers, and all that are connected with him, that they should strengthen themselves with a complete faith and trust and hope in God, in Hashem, that in the merit of our holy rabbis, if we have to suffer, the Alter Rebbe says he's accepting it upon himself. At a later hour, on the night of Israel Chag, uh, so this was actually on the 23rd day was Israel Chag. Israel Chag is on the 23rd day, but this was already... Israel Chag is on the 24th day, but I guess even though that this actual uh, taking him seems was done at night time later on, um, the um, it was already the 25th, but it's all called already that he was taken because they started and they were there in Israel Chag. So he says at a late hour at the night of Israel Chag, I'm assuming that the night of Yisro Chag here means not the uh, night right between Yom Tev and Yisro Chag, but the night of Yisro Chag after Yisro Chag. But yet the date is Yisro Chag. I'm not sure about that. But anyways, the uh, agents of the government came to take the Alter Rebbe as a prisoner. And the officer instructed that the Alter Rebbe should be put into this black carriage. There was a special carriage, totally black, which was designated to take those who are rebelling against the government. And they placed a uh, armed guards to guard the Alter Rebbe. And Eventually, after the incarceration, they found a note with the Alter Rebbe's handwriting in which he used a phrase from the Tillam, a verse from the Tillam. It says, Sorim libi, That the officers have chased me for no reason, but it is from your words that my heart is in awe, is, is afraid of. So basically saying that notwithstanding all the um, fear that the officers tried to instill on the Alter Rebbe, he wasn't really afraid. He says it was God's words that he was afraid of and not from all these officers that were chasing and um, causing him for no reason all this um, this distress. Now we know eventually the Altrebe was freed uh, and that's why we have the celebration of Yutas Kislev, the 19th of Kislev. He was freed and not only was he freed and the government and the officers they were all impressed and they were all um 
sorry, basically, even for what they did to the Alter Rebbe, but there was a whole renewed energy, and there was a new beginning, sort of, to teach and spread out Hasidus amongst the masses. And as much as people try to crush, try to slow and uh, put obstacles in the way, the more the success of the Hasidim were. The more they caused pain, the more they burst out, and the more they multiplied, and the Hasidim expanded in a much, much larger way than ever before. But that will be left for another time. But this commemorates the day on Isrochag, on the 24th day of Tishrei, in which the Alter Rebbe was taken a prisoner for the first time. We will read, there was a second arrest in which they took him again. We'll read about there in a, another time.